Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse, and today we have a great interview coming at your hot Jess Shipton. Now, I just want to back up, and you'll see this in the episode, but I want to set the stage for Jess because she seems like an ordinary girl, a really happy, bubbly girl when you first meet her, but she's actually accomplished quite a lot in her life, and that can't be overstated. When she was just a teenager in high school, she started this blog called Smile Without Reason. And she has used that blog for many, many years since to encourage people to write about her travels and her experiences and really to minister to people all around the world. Not only that, but just a little while ago, Jess started her own digital social media marketing company, which now has dozens of clients all around the world. And she is helping those clients to sell their products and services even better and even greater than they would before. She's a real success story. And in this episode, we talk to her about where the blog started, about where the digital marketing uh, company that she started came from. And we really, for any of you people out there who want to start a blog, maybe you're a writer and you've you've been wondering about blogs for ages, Or maybe uh, you've listened to our episode with our very own Laura Hutchinson and uh, you want to get into digital marketing, you want to get your church set up in the digital space better, Um, or maybe you want to get into digital marketing yourself, I think this is going to be a great episode for you. You're going to really enjoy it. Uh, I did, Josh did. So without further ado, Josh is going to introduce us to Jess. Let's go. All right, Jess, welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's so good to finally have you. It's been quite a while we've been meaning to do this, but it's awesome to finally have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. For, for those of our audience who don't know who you are, Jess, can you please tell us, um, just to make it simple, where in the world are you and what do you spend most of your time doing? Awesome. Okay. Um, so I live in Sydney. Australia so I'm all over and um yeah it is a beautiful place um I'm kind of in the hills district so I'm not really like in the city so when you think Sydney you kind of think busy traffic crazy that is not where I am I'm kind of like midway so I'm not really there more in the hills district um live on acreage with my family it's beautiful here it's kind of a bit more quiet which is what I love um and the second part of that was what do I spend the most time doing probably uh, like sadly working, but, <laughs> um, just kind okay. of like doing my passions, which is kind of writing. Um, I love kind of just sharing my passions online. So blogging, uh, and then just social media stuff. So that's kind of what I do as my job. So I spend a lot of time, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff and call it work basically. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you must really, I, I guess, spending a lot of time on social media, you must really know the ins and outs of it by now. Yeah, um, which is a good and a bad thing, I think, sometimes when you're, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I feel like the more I learn about social media, the less I want to know. But at the same time, I need to keep learning more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. King Zuckerberg and all of his minions, and then you get kind of scared about all of yeah. <laughs> when you're in the marketing world, it's really, <laughs> it can be a bit much sometimes. Yep. But anyway... <laughs> Oh man. Absolutely. Jess, can you tell us um were you did you always have like a passion cuz like we we're, we're starting to, you know, the the sort of people that we are at our age, we kind of grew up in a way with social media like when we were kids, that was when it really started to hit off. So when social media first came out, were you like on that bandwagon right away or did it take a while for you to kind of get on uh, I think I mean, yes and no, because I mean, I never had, you know, MySpace or anything like that. The first thing I had was, I think, oh, like, you missed out. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I get told that a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what the other ones are is, I don't know, is Bimbo a thing? I don't know. Bimbo. I, oh, Bimbo. <laughs> Bimbo. Yeah, that's <laughs> a different thing, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was there, guys. I was there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think the first thing I had was MSN, where you could, like, nudge or shake people's screens yes. and stuff. 
yeah, yeah i would so, yeah loved doing that stuff like that um then skype and then probably from there i think i got instagram back in the day um and where you would kind of just post random stuff now it's you've got to have a curated feed it's got to look beautiful got to put the filter on it and stuff so <laughs> back yeah. when you would just post photos of your dog and um whatever but but yeah so i kind of did but i didn't take it seriously and i never thought it would be a job that's for sure so that's kind of just come up out of the blue um but, but yeah, I'm loving it. It's great. And it's opened up has been great. What, what came first? Um, the passion for blogging or the passion for doing like social media and marketing and stuff? Definitely blogging. Um, I've always loved writing ever since I was little, I would be writing, you know, um, shopping lists and kids stories for my younger sister. You know, I just wrote everything down. I even <laughs> my parents and my family, well, yeah, my family hated this, but I would get a whiteboard out and I would pretend I was their school teacher and I would, you know, write lists oh. for of things to do. I'd get out worksheets. I'd get them to draw things. I created a newsletter called the Shipton's newsletter for my family. And I sent that out to them every oh. week. And, you know, I've got all of those things. It's, it's great. But I, yeah, so writing was definitely what I loved doing. And then I basically was able to just turn that into a passion. I never realized that, you know, when you have a platform and you can actually use that for different reasons. Um, yeah, it just, it made it so much more, intentional I think and that's and that's where everything just changed um and then bringing social media into that as well uh studying that at uni doing all of that kind of yes you can study social media at uni <laughs> I did I was wow. by that. <laughs> it was weird um but, but yeah so I think just all of it it came together in the end for me I realized that I could leverage my writing through social media so the love for writing definitely came first that's so cool Man, I wish I had a family newsletter. That sounds amazing. <laughs> like super corny, but amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. If you saw what I made, you know, I had a full like Ask Jess section where I got people to ring me in during the week. And my family were great. They all just jumped on and they totally, yeah, totally went on board with it all. <laughs> but man, it's so cringy looking back on it now. Maybe I should do it back. Maybe I should do it and, you know, a monthly thing. But <laughs> I'm sure they'd love it. But oh, anyway. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, so, um, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who already follow your blog. Um, and if not, all of our listeners should be following your blog. So we're going to keep <laughs> drilling that. But um, for those who don't and aren't aware of your blog, what is your blog called and what's it about? Yes. So my blog is called Smile Without Reason. Um, and essentially it's my whole mission with it. It, it, it actually started off as me writing kind of just I started it back when I was in grade 10 I had work experience at Australian Women's Weekly which is just a magazine um and I had yeah work experience there for five days and I thought you know what I'm gonna journal all of this so I made up a blog at that time it was called dreams of my fairy tales <laughs> so that was horrible cool. um I'm glad I changed that but yeah so the, <laughs> that's what it was all about it was basically just me journaling stuff um so all of that's still there please don't go back and check on it because it's horrible but that's kind of, um, how it started. And then from there, I realized I had this huge passion. And as my, as my journey with God kind of grew, I realized I could use this platform to actually share stories with people. But at the end of the day, what I really want to do is just, I, I hate Bible bashing people. I have a lot of family and friends that don't know Jesus yet. And so my biggest thing is that storytelling is so powerful. And when people are hearing you talk to them about Jesus, but in a way that doesn't sound like Jesus, if that makes sense, because a lot of people have all of these preconceived ideas about the church or God or just religion in general, that as soon as you say any of those words, they just tune out. And so my whole mission with Smile Without Reason was that there's so much to smile about in the world. And if we can kind of bring all of that, there's little glimpses of Jesus that we can see in just everyday things. And so I really love analogies. I love pulling apart, you know, just experiences that I've had day to day and actually drawing out lessons that I've learned from that or ways that I've seen God through that so that um, the people that don't know Jesus yet can really see him through those stories and go, yeah, I completely relate to that. Or I can resonate with what she said, cause I've been through something similar and then kind of just spark that curiosity. That's all I want to do. I don't want to convert people. I don't want to win over souls. Like, I mean, that'd be amazing, but I just want to, I just want people to be curious and start asking questions. And that's really 
where it is. I mean, and, and at the same time, I'd love to just feed people's um, journeys as well. So encouraging, empowering, blessing people through my stories who are already believers. Of course, that's something I want to do, but I'm really there as well to just make it in a palatable way, I think, um, for people who don't know God yet. So that's basically my big mission with it. Hmm. That's so cool. Hmm. That is so cool. Seriously. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I, I must admit, when I think of blogging, generally, I think of older um, bloggers. You know, like I, I think of people who you know, they have maybe a journalistic um, mm-hmm. past, or you know, they're they're like a, a church leader or a business leader. It's almost like for our generation, and you know, and and Gen Z, it's almost like blogging has become kind of a thing of the past like i don't i don't know mm. of that many young 20 something year old vlog uh, bloggers anymore i said vlogging because <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's what it's almost like it's vlogging now it's not blogging um yeah. what what have been some of the um the biggest challenges that you've had to to face in 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 building a blog like has it been hard mm. to to find content or is it just kind of spilled out of you so what are some what are the biggest challenges that you've had to face because you've been building this for how many years now um, well, I started in grade 10, so I think, I don't even know, that's like six, seven years ago, maybe. Six, seven, yeah, insane. something like that. Um, but as, yeah, as I mentioned, like I kind of started off with a different intention. I suppose it was just for fun. Now I'm really there with this passion that I go, wow, you know, I don't have many people who follow me uh, and all of that stuff. And that's fine because at the end of the day, I've realized my, and I think this kind of will answer your question. Like my biggest challenge is when you put yourself out there to people you don't just like, yes, there's room for copying criticism or whatever, or people, you know, um, conversing with you in a way that you're not used to because keyboard worries, <laughs> but mm-hmm. not just that, but just, I think, as you said, consistency in content, getting stuff out there, but also just in the online world, comparing myself with other people, that has been my biggest challenge. I often wonder what, what, or who would care if I just shut up shop and didn't write on smile with that reason anymore? Like, would it matter? I'm not this big shot Christian blogger out there. Like, and there's heaps of them out there doing seemingly the same thing as me. So I'm just like, so what would it matter if I did just stop doing that? And I think as creatives in general, whether you're podcasting, whether you're making videos, whether you're writing, whatever that is, looks like, you know, we tend to fall into the trap of comparison, um, whatever that might look like. And so I think for me, that's been a big challenge because I just think to myself, would anybody care if I actually just stopped writing? Would they notice all that kind of stuff? But I think something I'm learning is you are, I I love to think of it as like the candy grabber analogy. So that's like you put money into a candy grabber machine and you nudge the candy or the chocolate closer to the edge. And I just want to be that next person who nudges someone closer and closer to Jesus. I don't necessarily want to, you know, um, lead them to Jesus. I want to point them in his direction or something, but like, you know, I just, I want to nudge people closer to him and I want to be that next step. So if I stop doing what I'm doing, somebody might miss out on that. And I know that might sound like, Oh, she thinks she's, you know, (laughs) whatever, but it's just (laughs) when, when we realize that we all have this platform and, you know, if you have one follower, you have influence. And so, that to me is just my encouragement to keep going and keep doing it because if there's just one person that gets a little bit of a glimpse of God who, or or even just their faith, you know, is in the rocky part and I'm that person or something that I have shared from somebody else's content on my platform, if I've been that gateway for them to get a little bit more encouragement, then I would be stoked, you know. And the hardest part, I think, pardon me, as a content creator is that sometimes you don't, know whether you're actually um doing that because you know people people will cheer you on from the sidelines but they won't always tell you oh that piece of content changed my life or whatever and so that's also another Mm. thing i find you know you're not always told that what you're doing matters or what you're doing is changing lives or impacting people but trust me there are people like that are out there and that are actually going you know what what she just shared or that video or that message was so for me but they won't actually take that next step to tell you that so i think when i realized that it just made it so much more um intentional for me and i was just like you know what i'm not doing this i'm just gonna press i'm i'm gonna keep pressing on i'm not gonna just close the doors on smile with that reason i need to keep doing this because it's better for me to be creating content that I feel could touch somebody rather than missing out on that opportunity altogether. Oh, wow. 
It's a good word, Jess. That's good. You can preach. <laughs> no, okay. no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I can really resonate with what you're saying. I mean, even with what we do here, there's like, there's been so many times when someone will come up and be like, oh, you know, I've been meaning to say for like nine months now, but that episode you did, this one, which was like nine months ago, it was so helpful to me. And in my mm. head, I'm like, why didn't you tell me at the time? I could have used that help at the time. You know what I mean? And so mm, it's so, exactly. a lot of people, they only get in contact with their favorite content creators if they have a problem. It's never normally if they like something and if something's good, um, which is frustrating yeah it's, it seems like it's almost always the the haters that they jump on the bandwagon a lot more quickly than the people that are finding like actual value in what you're doing <laughs> so maybe it's just yep. human exhibit nature, a youtube comments oh. no, but anyway um but that's awesome jess i, I want to know ah oh, i've got so many questions okay i think the best one to go right now is what what positive feedback have you had on the blog like have you had any like what what are some of the messages that people have sent you that you've been mm. like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like that came from my blog. <laughs> yeah, um, I have, I've made a lot of friends. I think that's the amazing part about it. And like genuine friends, people I've mm. never met before, but people that particularly from the US, I have a quite a big following from there. I don't even know how that started. I think I was part of mm. just um, kind of like, a, not an engage, well, yeah, kind of like an engagement pod, I suppose, where we would kind of just lift each other's um, things up and just really like, yeah, just kind of share each other's content. And there was a lot of people there who, um, yeah, they, they were just genuine people and from all different walks of life. And because of that, we were able to connect on such a deeper level. We pray for each other. We, you know, do all of these amazing things. We share life journeys, you know, like one guy, his wife just had a kid and they were sharing about that on there. And he said, these are people I've never met before. And it was just, it opened up such an amazing opportunity for that. And then, I mean, I've had people email me or whatever um, and ask, you know, I'm going through something at school. Um, there was this one guy and he was in year 11 or 12. I can't quite remember. And he was going, I think he must've been in year 12 and he was going for school captain. And he was like, I'm just confused, Jess. Like, why aren't I getting it? I feel like God is calling me to be school captain so that I can, you know, really be a leader and, and share, you know, all of this, um, all of his goodness and stuff. And I just said to him, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you don't need a badge to be able to do that. Like you don't need to be captain you don't need that label often we try to put labels on ourselves so that it's like we're the ones I feel that are getting the credit because I mean as humans we always want to be appreciated and stuff but I kind of just reminded him that he has all he needs right now he he's got Jesus. He can share Jesus right now. He doesn't need that school captain badge and stuff. So just to be honest, like the good feedback about when people, you know, send me stuff and go, thank you so much. This was, this message was for me. Like that means so much to me, but the fact that people come to me and just ask me to pray for them, even like that's incredible. So, I mean, all of it <laughs> in a nutshell has just been amazing. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, some comments, I, re I don't really get any hate at all. I've been really blessed with that. I mean, I get some people going, oh, I don't really agree with what you said or something like that, but we just have a conversation um, in like DMs or something about it and I'll just get to know their story and I'll be like, yeah, I totally relate to that. Yeah, whatever um, and stuff. So I think just taking it off, like taking religion off the pedestal and putting relationship there instead, that's what I've really um, come to realize is so important with online platforms because yeah, I mean, we scroll and we see a curated feed of really pretty images, but there's a real life person behind that going through possibly some really messy stuff. And when we actually take the time to get to know those people and what they're going through and how we can offer anything, whether that's just encouragement, whether that's a Bible verse or whether that's actually prayer. Like I literally sometimes ask people, Hey, send me um, you know, a voice memo or send me a message or something and I'll pray over you. And so I'll send them a voice memo or a video back of me praying for them. And that's where I've had the deepest connections with people um, that I've never met. So that has really been an amazing opportunity and just awesome um, kind of connections that I've been able to make online. How has um, mm. blogging changed the way that you think about your own faith and, you know, spirituality, your walk with God and that sort of stuff? Mm. Yeah, that's an awesome question. I think, um, I think just being real with people, um, they, people just appreciate authenticity and they appreciate people being genuine and not kind of just beating around the bush. And so for me, I really, I really have realized that 
if if I don't have it all together if, or, or if I don't have all the answers, um, people appreciate when I actually am open about that and just go, you know what, I actually don't know the answer to that or I'm on a really rough part of my journey right now with God or something like that. And I actually say, yeah, sure, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to put myself on this pedestal and just pretend like as soon as you become a Christian or as soon as you have Jesus in your life that everything is good. You can still wrestle with God and you can still wrestle with questions and not have things all sorted out when you are a Christian. And I think when people realize that, particularly from when I say the outside, I just mean non-believers or whatever. Um, but when people, yeah, when people realize that they kind of go, oh, wow, she's just a human <laughs> like me rather than go, oh, she's this religious person or whatever. So I think that has really, um, like blogging in that way has opened my eyes just to the fact that there are so many different people with so many different perspectives. So when you, and at the end of that, you just have to be real and be human with them because that's how we all connect. And um, yeah, putting that relationship above um, the religion side of things, I think. Yeah. That's really good, Jess. I love that. Um, was there, I'm curious, is there like a particular, cause I can really, I mean, even through the power of the internet, I can really feel your passion for, um, connecting people to Jesus. Um, mm. So has there been a particular experience for you that has driven you to do all of all of this? Um, like what, what drives you to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome question. Um, honestly, the biggest thing for me was I had conversations with some of my family members and it wasn't like religion-based or anything, but religion got brought up. And so it's you know, it was a bit, a lot of my family members aren't Christian or they might be, but they don't really, you know, I'm very vocal about it. I'm kind of yeah, yeah. like, yeah, like, I mean, I write on a blog and I do this and, and I'm, I'm unashamed about all of that kind of stuff. A lot of my family members, you know, they might believe, but I actually haven't had that conversation with them. And I was quickly realizing that I felt very comfortable talking to strangers or people that I kind of didn't really know very well, like acquaintances or whatever about my faith. And I would be really open about it all. But as soon as it got to my family, whether that was extended family or close family, I kind of closed off and I didn't really want to talk about it that much because I felt awkward. I felt like they were possibly going to judge me. And I think at that point I realized it's so much easier to talk to others about my faith than it was with my family. And I didn't realize why. So that, to be honest, was the pivotal point. I was like, how do I talk to my family members about it. how can I make this easier because you know the whole evangelism thing or whatever you know spreading Jesus it can be really daunting and, and so I think when we do it in a way that's most comfortable to us it takes that pressure off us and so for me that's I'm very extroverted I don't know if you've gathered that but, <laughs> but I, so I, lo- I, lo- <laughs> I love people and I want to know their story what lights me up is hearing people's passions and stuff so if I can get to know someone as a friend or just as a person in general, and then kind of share with them my passions in a way that's through writing or through just chatting to them and stuff. To me, that's the most comfortable way of doing it rather than just, I don't know, asking, like, I I don't think I would ever go to someone, Hey, can I pray with, can I pray for you? And just like out of the blue, because that still irks me. Like, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Kind of thing. And I know that, yeah, with my family, I would almost feel even weirder saying that and that's what that just changed everything for me when I realized that the people that are closest to me were the hardest to talk to about something I was so passionate about that just kind of yeah me I was just like wow okay I need to I need to change up how how I think I need to be doing this you know yes we should be a reflection of Jesus you know um I want people to chat to me and after a conversation with me go there's something different about her like that's that's what I, I, I want to be that person. I want to, I want to be someone where people walk away and go, I just, I don't know what it was. I just, I feel something different about it. And I want to get to know her better because I liked that about her. And I, I don't know what that looks like, but if I can just be more and more of a reflection of Jesus through my actions, through my words, um, all of that kind of stuff. And so that that sparks that curiosity within some of my family members and, and stuff like that, you know, that's to me is the most comfortable way of doing it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's kind of what 
drove me at the beginning to do it all. Um, and now I just realized that, yeah, we've got this online platform. We've got this way where we don't need to have a building where we come to every Saturday or Sunday or whenever you type thing, you can literally have church any day, any time of the week, <laughs> and you can be connecting yeah. with people anywhere. And I think that's the most amazing part um, about leveraging church online and just having, you know, this connection with people from all over the world. So it's pretty amazing. And I'm, I'm blessed to be in kind of, I suppose, a generation where we have this um, gift right in front of us to use. Mm. Hmm. No, that is amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I want to talk about um, digital marketing and social media in a minute. But before we do that, I did have a just, this is just a curiosity. So tell me, <clears throat> tell me if this is just totally off base, but is there money in blogging? Like, I don't know. Is there money in blogging? Like, can you make money from it? Absolutely. Um, in multiple different ways. Like the biggest one, if you're starting out or um, would be just advertising on there. So like allowing, you know, AdSense and stuff, you can apply to get um, Google AdSense and actually have ads pop up on there. However, sometimes you might have some pretty risque ads or <laughs> someone... <Yeah. laughs> probably don't align with what you're trying to share. So that can sometimes be a bit, yeah, touch and go. Um, but then affiliate links. So when you're driving a fair bit of traffic to your site or your blog or whatever, um, affiliate links are a great way, which is kind of where you're referring content. You're kind of acting as a bit of an influencer, I suppose, in terms of recommending different brands or books or products or whatever that might look like. And then getting a little bit of commission off that, I suppose, if people use your links. Um, a lot of YouTube people do that, you know, they'll share the equipment they use through Amazon and they'll get, um, you know, a couple of dollars off that every time one of their audience, um, purchases it. So that's another way. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously monetizing it through things like e-commerce. So, I mean, that's a dream I would love to have for smile with that reason at the moment, it's a huge hobby of mine. And I love that if you can, if, the biggest thing in life is I suppose, if you can make your dream and your passion, you know, your job or something that you can completely do and live off, that would be amazing. Um, it's, it's not a priority of mine right now. I'd love to keep working on that in the background. But, you know, if I can um, create apparel or if I can create something that has that, you know, we can be walking billboards for Jesus and stuff and kind of like, mm. but in a way, like I, my whole brand about smile with that reason, if I could create that into different things and have, you know, encourage with that reason or be kind with that reason and kind of do all of this stuff because we don't have to have, a reason to do that stuff. I feel like we always mm. needs to be a cause. <laughs> and I don't think that needs to be the case with being a genuine, decent human being. Cause there's not many of those in the world, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but it, like it's, it's not hard. And so I just want to kind of put that goodness out there and start getting people to ask questions and um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, plenty of ways to monetize your blog. Um, but obviously the biggest thing is just being consistent with content and then driving that traffic there. Um, and one mm. of the best social media, well, it's not really a social media platform. It's more of a search engine platform is, is Pinterest. And that's a really good way of driving, uh, traffic to, to blogs or to different websites and things like that too. So, um, yeah, but again, that's just, that's one of the, just one of the ways you could do that. Explain to us how that works with Pinterest because I've actually never heard that before. How does Pinterest link with your blog? Is it is it just in creating boards and stuff like that? Yeah, so different content pieces that you have on your blog. So, um, yeah, let's just take a blog piece, for example. Um, and then you would create, you know, a Pinterest graphic or something about that where you would kind of have, you know, the five ways to evangelize or I don't know, something like that. Mm. And kind of have that there um, and you'd be driving traffic to that specific blog piece. But the back end of all of that is where it gets a little bit tricky sometimes because it comes into things like search engine optimization and how you would actually be optimizing those pins so that when people are typing in those different keywords into the Pinterest search bar that your stuff is coming up. So obviously you can monetize it through ads and stuff, which is kind of what I do for a lot of my clients as well. Um, but then the organic way of doing that is what I said, basically optimizing it so that you've got your keywords popping up and, and different things like that. So that um, same, same story with Google ads, you know, the search intent is high in search engines, which is why I kind of called Pinterest more a search engine than a social media platform, because mm. yes, you're being social on Pinterest, but people generally go there to get ideas, tips, um, inspiration. So 
the, the reason why they're going there is to search for different things. Whereas when you're on social mm. media, you're kind of consuming a lot of the stuff. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so, so that's where Pinterest can really help drive traffic to people who are literally searching for that type of content. So, and then ads, I suppose, are a little bit more intrusive in the sense that you're placing it in front of people that fit your target market. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because I, I, I'm not afraid to admit, I use Pinterest. Like, the only time what? I've ever used... No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not to plan my second dream wedding. It's... Um, <laughs> no, it's... I, when I'm, um, like, doing, like, a graphic artwork for Burn the Haystack or something like that, or, like, a logo or, like, a church-related poster or something, sometimes I'll just, like, have no inspiration at all. So, I'll just literally just scroll through Pinterest. And if I see something that mm. inspires me, I'll be like, oh, yep, let's you know, change this and change that. And then, you know, wham, bam, here you go. Something out of Illustrator <laughs> that looks kind of original, but it's actually stolen. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the concept. It's great. It's great. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Honestly, I, I barely ever use Pinterest. I mean, I only end up on there because I'll be searching something on Google and then end up finding like an image. I'm like, oh yeah. And then I click on it and it takes me to Pinterest and then I'll see other mm. images and then I'll just sort of end up in Pinterest but not really because I plan to be there. <laughs> yeah, and then when you go down that spiral, you'll just be there scrolling for days. Like, <laughs> yep. ridiculous. Because it's always like, oh, you might like this pin. It's like, oh, damn, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like church staging stuff gets me every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. All right, well, that brings us um, pretty nicely to your bread and butter. Um, so would you like to tell mm. us a little bit about how you got into... Uh, digital marketing and um, yeah where did that all start yeah so I graduated uni well actually backtrack I went to uni and I was studying nice. yep. um, <laughs> I wanted to actually do journalism um, because yeah I loved writing and things like that but then I realized it was super investigative and I was just like nah not really my style so um, plus I didn't get the ATAR for it so that was kind of the main reason no. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> let's be real well, um, that. So <laughs> And so when I was there at the orientation day, I went to UTS, it's in Sydney. And um, when I was there at the open day, I was just like, mm, social media, as if you can actually study like digital and social media. It just didn't make sense to me. But um, I was having a look at it and I was like, yeah, actually seems pretty interesting. So I signed up for that, did that course for three years. Um, but in the second year, they actually said, oh, do you want to do a double major? And I was like, oh, that sounds really smart and fancy. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a look and I could do public communications, which was basically advertising or PR. So I chose advertising. And um, yeah, for the last two years of the three-year course, I did digital and social media and advertising together. And so I graduated um, in my third year, end of that, and towards the end of that year um i one of my good friends at uni that i had made her dad worked at a ad agency and basically she said look um they're looking for somebody and they don't really want it to be me because i've already worked there before so would you be keen and i was like sure okay so i went for the interview i got the job i worked there for about 10 months um but toward the end i was up against the boss's son and unfortunately it didn't work out for me <laughs> so uh... I, but, but, but by that stage, I had actually, um, the guy that was, that was managing me, he had really pushed me to think outside the box. And he really was a pivotal point in me actually being where I am right now, because at the time I was also working at a grocery store down the road from my house and they had heard, you know, I'm studying social media. Um, and they asked me, Oh, could you start doing some stuff on Facebook for us? And I'd spoken to my manager at work about it. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, do it, do it, but create a proposal, do a strategy for them, do all this stuff. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why would I have to go to all this effort anyway? And so he was like, just do it. Like you'll blow them away with what you know. And I'm like, okay. So he helped me kind of put that together and I took it to them and they were amazed by it. And I was like, sweet. And so they were kind of my first client. And then I had to, yeah, I had to get an ABN and I was like, wow, I'm actually adulting. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was kind of freelancing a little bit at the beginning and um that that kind of just you know word of mouth a, a lot of self-employed people kind of start like that and um yeah you know family friends were finding out and all of that stuff I was telling people that I was kind of doing it on the side um and all of that and eventually I was like you know what this could actually be a full-time thing um 
you know, it's part-time now, but I could actually make this into a proper, proper business that's earning me proper money. And so I was um, contemplating, you know, what do I do next? Do I, I can't just, well, do I freelance as Jessica Shipton all the time or do I create a business name or do I do this, blah, 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 blah. So long story short, I created JS Solution Marketing and in August, I don't think, I think it was not last year, the year before, I basically bought my business name and I set up my website, I set up my social media accounts um, and all that kind of stuff. And basically, as soon as I started exposing my business and kind of putting it out there and just showing up and being present, people were finding me like left, right and center. I hardly had it. I hardly had to market myself. Um, And it was just happening. And I was like, what the heck? People, people actually are interested in all of this and they're wanting to get like wanting to know me, wanting to work with me and all this kind of stuff. So it really just kind of snowballed into this thing where I was like, I, I saw potential in it and that got me really excited. So that's kind of where I ended up, um, how I ended up here. And now I'm working in it full time. I work from home um, in my well, in my parents' office because they work from home too. So it's a bit cute. And my sister also works from home. So we're just this working at home family. (laughs) (laughs) Really lovely. Um, But yeah, so I, and I love it. It's amazing. I never would have thought this is what I'd be doing, but it's just insane when you kind of backtrack and go, you know, if that connection with my friend at uni had never happened, I would never have gotten that job. Would I have met my manager and would he have actually pushed me to do this? And like so many things may not have lined up to actually lead me to where I am now. And so I'm just thanking God for that, all of those opportunities that have kind of opened up new doors and led me to where I am and what I'm doing now, because I'm here now and I've got, you know, 30 clients, um, some in the U S most from Australia um, and all around Australia and stuff. And I'm just being able to make connections with these people, learn about their brand and their business and kind of just leverage that online. So I do search engine marketing, social media marketing and content creation and copywriting for people. And um, it's just been the best because I get to cheer people on and that's what I love doing. So yeah, it's been amazing. Wow. wow. It honestly sounds like the dream. Like it's, it sounds like <laughs> literally, it sounds like everybody, it sounds like one of those, you know, like Ty Lopez videos where like, this is what you can do and you can have a mansion and a Bugatti Veyron and knowledge. Well, and all <laughs> well, the commute is massive from my, my room to the office up the other end. I mean, that's the best part, the fact that I can roll out and just, you know, the flexibility is awesome, but there's a lot of pros and cons for working with for yourself. I mean, it's stressful, it's overwhelming. Um, and you put a lot of pressure on yourself because I'm much, very much a people pleaser. So I feel like I put my clients before me, which is a good thing. But because of that, often I um, stress myself out a lot. I realize that I can actually say no to people. <laughs> Shock horror. Um, I, I, yeah, it, it's a lot of learning and a lot of growing um, really quickly. So it's been amazing. But yeah, it's also been really challenging too. So mm. for, the, for the person who is listening to this and thinking, huh, I wonder if I could do that. What could you take us through maybe like a typical work day for you and then like maybe a big picture work week or work month, whatever. If you divide your work into blocks, what are those, what are the the small blocks and the large big blocks as far as working with clients, creating content? What does that actually look like for you? Because I know it sounds great. And and (laughs) as you've already alluded to, it's probably a hell of a lot of work and there's a lot more pressure than going to your shift at McDonald's? Mm, mm. I think, um, yeah, so for the first question, because <laughs> I've got so yeah. many things in my head right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so my, I find my work kind of goes in cycles in like monthly cycles almost because I usually, I mean, all my clients, they differ massively. I've got some clients who are in, I've got a lot of photography clients and then I've got some that are pyrotechnicians, so they blow stuff up, <laughs> which is oh. Yeah, so they're like um, firework, a fireworks company, which is awesome. Oh. So I've got a bunch of different clients and they all have different needs. So um, that is a juggle in itself, kind of working out, you know, some clients need a lot more attention than others and all of that stuff. But it generally works in cycles. So um, at the beginning of, well, at the end of the month, I'll be scheduling content um, for the following month. And then in that first week of a new month, I'll be reporting on the previous. <laughs> and then in the middle, it's kind of 
of where I onboard new clients or I um, start creating content and ca- content calendars um, for the following month. So it kind of just goes in a cycle of creating content, um, scheduling the content, reporting on the content. That's very like high level, basically what it is. Um, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that at times because there's continuous, you know, optimization and monitoring of campaigns, making sure I'm, you know, not wasting their money essentially, because, you know, some of my clients, yeah, they spend $5 a day, but I've got other clients that are spending, you know, upwards of a hundred or $200 a day. So it's a lot of pressure in that sense where you're trying to get that return on ad spend. Um, particularly, yeah, particularly for people who, um, you know, have a big budget as well. So it, it can be high stress at some points. Um, but I think realizing that all of my clients are small business owners in themselves. Um, so they totally get what I'm going through as well. So I think when I realized that I just, it took the pressure off a little bit. I was like, they're all humans, you know, sure. I just got six emails in a row from them, but they totally understand that it might take me a couple of hours to get back to them about it. So I think when I realized that it just made it a lot more um, easy to deal with all of that stress and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, one of the biggest challenges of working for myself has just been the inconsistency when you're starting out, particularly the inconsistency in income, Um, you know, going from a job where you get paid as soon as you walk in the door from 9am till 5pm when you walk out, Um, you know, all of that stuff, it's, it's fantastic. And you, you've got that reliable income coming in, but when you're working for yourself, you know, all of those hours you're spending responding to emails aren't billable time. So you are not getting paid. Mm a.m. till 5 p.m. You're getting paid for the stuff you're invoicing. So that has been the biggest struggle. Um, And I think that's what's driving me the most to want to pursue, you know, things like possibly doing digital courses or creating some sort of stream of passive income where I can have that reliability there so that in the, I mean, now that I'm two years into it, I'm getting more consistent income now, but still it's a struggle because, you know, some clients, as I said before, are are more demanding than others. And, you know, others I might not do work with for a couple of weeks or months or something. So when I invoice, it's very, it can be quite up and down. And that's probably the biggest struggle that I found with it all. Wow. How do you, what, what keeps you, um, because I think the, the biggest challenge for a lot of people being you know because you're just by yourself in your office working or you know just by yourself working on your blog um how do you stay motivated yeah um I think I've gotten onto the podcast bandwagon lately guys so you'll be happy about that (laughs) I listen to a lot I listen to yeah some stuff while I'm working but to be honest um working with mum and dad has actually been really good. Um, Most most kids I feel wouldn't say that or just anyone who's working with their parents probably wouldn't say that. Um, But (laughs) it's actually been really good. They're in a completely different industry to me. They're both accountants. So that's helped a bit running my own business 100%. Um, Being able to bounce ideas off somebody I think is the best thing. You know, when you're doing it all in your head and you go, is this a good idea? Isn't this a good idea? Having that support network has been the best thing to keep me motivated. Um, Having, you know, a bunch of kind of cheerleaders there that are going to clap for you even when you're not watching, you know. Um, So I you know, on Instagram, I've got a bunch of, of girls that are young entrepreneurs and stuff like that, um, who we just kind of cheer each other on, on that platform. I mean, I've met some of them yesterday. I had a meeting with one girl. Um, she's, you know, in her thirties, she's got a kid. She's kind of a mumpreneur, <laughs> they call them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we were chatting about stuff. So being able to actually take those online experiences and connections and turn them into real life friendships has been amazing because they totally get it. Um, and it's, it's sometimes, difficult to talk to people that might not be on that same journey so it's really nice just I think support network is the biggest thing and when you have those people that yeah are cheering for you they're wanting to really see you succeed um just yeah find finding your people <laughs> really find that circle because it's so important and it's and it can get lonely like yeah I, I'm in my house with my family and we pretty much see each other all the time because we all work from home <laughs> but yeah you can still feel kind of isolated in the sense that you know, will anybody really understand the stress that I sometimes go through or um, whatever? So yeah, definitely finding those people who get that and then having conversations where it makes you feel less like you're doing it all by yourself, even though you are a self-employed business owner. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you mentioned before some clients are more demanding than others. Um, <laughs> in, your, in your industry, particularly, you're dealing with people, and you know some people are lovely to work with, some people not so much. But when it comes to your role as a digital marketer, what are you finding the most? Uh, what are you having to reteach people or trying to get people to relearn about digital marketing and social media? What are those misconceptions that you just wish mm. that people could kind of get their head around and would make your life and the life of, you know, their potential customers so much easier? Mm. Um, honestly, it's just that the marketing process takes time. I constantly get asked by people, you know, oh, but we've, well, okay, look, my clients are angels, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really have, yeah, when I say demand, I mean like workload. So they're pretty, they're all pretty good. Um, I've been very blessed with that. Um, But of course, yeah, there's, there's that conception, I suppose, or the misconception, sorry, where people go, oh, um, so I put an ad out, but I'm not seeing any return on ad spend and it's been two days and it's like, oh, please. (laughs) So (laughs) that part of me, I've had to kind of instill into all of my clients, go, look, this is a process. We actually need to create a funnel type strategy. Essentially, that means that we are putting um, content out there that is top of funnel. So people are coming across it and going uh, and are interested in it, but they're a cold audience. So they're not necessarily your nitty gritty target audience. You know, you're not specifying it really down to the T. Um, you're kind of starting off a little bit more broad, putting that content out to them. And then you are retargeting them and nurturing them into a sequence where you're kind of creating this workflow approach and this funnel where you're nurturing them down this um, journey, I suppose, from this place where they've known you to this place where they're going to like you and then they're going to trust you. So it's this whole no like trust factor. Um, And if you're in an e-commerce business, which most of my clients are, you really need to be mindful of that because, um, I mean, I could go into a lot of detail about this, but I'll spare that. (laughs) Um, But there's there's just so much opportunity out there for when you retarget specific people. So in this funnel approach, you'd be looking at a top of funnel video maybe that would kind of brush over a topic or something like that or a service or whatever that might look like. But then you would be retargeting the people who have watched a certain percentage of that video, for example. And those are the people who are obviously engaged in your services or your products. They're the ones that are that warm audience. So they're the ones that you might be, you know, retargeting to with a promotion or an offer or um, with your, just your sale ads. So that's where I found the most conversions with my clients has been, um, that retargeting, that remarketing, um, you know, people who are familiar with the brand already. That's the kind of stuff. Okay. I'm that person. If you go online and you're buying a computer and that, or something or a shirt, and then you log off and you go onto Facebook and then you see the shirt or computer pop up on yeah. your feed. That's <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> not like that's the stuff that I do. And it's because of that, you know, that helpful marketing, the stuff where you've seen it before. It's not just something random where, you know, you're a guy, but you're getting, I don't know, um, lipstick <laughs> ads or something. You know what I mean? Like it's helpful marketing because the marketers are understanding the audience and remarketing to people who are a warmer audience. So it's kind of that. And yeah, so to answer that question, it's really just that marketing is a process and you can't, just jump in and spend money on ads and just expect that it's going to happen overnight. This is particularly hard with e-commerce clients because they've got that return on ad spend. They can see, you know, if I spend a dollar, how much money am I going to get back from that or whatever. So, and then it's even harder with people who don't have that kind of, um, I suppose, product or service. So, you know, for churches, for example, it's super difficult to get that return on ad spend. I mean, what are you going to track? Souls that have been one? Like, (laughs) how the heck? (laughs) It's kind of difficult. So, yeah, kind of really jumping into my client's business and their brand, understanding what they're wanting to get out of marketing um, campaigns and stuff, and then working out the best approach to do that is kind of what I do. But getting them to understand that it's a process and that it's going to take time and it's an investment is the hardest part. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge investment. I I was reading Mm. or I I was either reading an article the other day or listening to a podcast at Google AdSense. In some cases, they can tell you that you're pregnant before 
you your family and friends know that you're pregnant <laughs> oh, just blew my mind you know they, mm. I, I, I think i don't know where it was that i that i heard this so i might be there maybe have been a dream that i dreamed this up or something like no, that. no i've heard that too i think we listened to the same podcast but i can't think of i can't think of what it is because now you're it's, making me think i'm like i know i've heard yeah. this before it's like your, your your searches when you become pregnant there are certain searches that you you start to make that mm. Google or whoever is on the other side trying to market to you can actually start recommending absolutely. way before you've told your family and friends. It's pretty creepy. Mm. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> That's it. Google knows more than your mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But um but yeah, I mean, but that's in a way it's helpful, isn't it? Like cuz I mean, yes, yeah. it's creepy, but it's I mean, there's a lot of creepy things that Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> and he's yeah. but like, I mean, the fact that you can upload an email database into Facebook and then retarget the specific people who match those emails. And then you can leverage that further and create a lookalike audience of that, which basically is Facebook scouring their database of users and working out who are people that match or are similar and look like those email database users based on demographic, behavior, interests, all that stuff. And that's, that, that's you know, audiences and types of marketing strategies that I use. And I mean, to the everyday person, that sounds creepy as anything. <laughs> but <laughs> but oh, yeah. to me, that's marketing gold because, you know, it's doing the hard work and heavy lifting for you in that sense. Um, and there's just so, yeah, there's so much room for um, helpful marketing and useful marketing out there. I mean, yeah, sure, ads can be annoying, but, but if they're actually, you know, generating interest and engagement and you're going, you know what, actually, yeah, that is what I'm looking for. You know, I've, I've got one client and she does um, like floral arrangements, but they're actually chocolates. So they're not flowers, they're just chocolates. And um, oh, business is all about that. But yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and so we're targeting people who are having birthdays in the next seven days, or we're targeting friends of people who have birthdays in the next 14 to 30 days or something like that. And kind of going, hey, um, why don't you, you know, spend some money on your friend and, you know, send them a nice gift or whatever. So, you know, you can get so specific with your targeting it's insane, but it's um it's a gold mine for marketers like myself. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Mm, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think we just don't realise the depth that you can use something like Facebook. You know, like when you're on this when we're on this side of it, we're not in marketing. But then hearing this sort of stuff, you just have no idea the depth well, of what it can do. It's such a powerful absolutely. Tool. It is, yeah, definitely. Mm. All right, so uh, we are almost out of time, which feels yeah so sad. But I <laughs> would love if you um, just imagine for a moment you're um, having coffee with somebody and they're saying, "I want to be a blogger" or "I want to be a digital marketer." Could you first give advice to that person who maybe wants to start being a blogger, and then um, after that, could you? Uh, tell us what advice you would give to somebody if they were interested in getting in digital marketing. Okay, so for blogging, I would say just start. Um, and I feel like that's such a cliche thing to say, but I think that was a pivotal moment for me because I had been writing for ages, but I didn't actually put it out there um, because I was scared of what people would say. And I was just like, this is weird. <laughs> Will people care what I say as well? Um, and I think that kind of stalled me for a long time. And honestly, the first time I shared it and made it public and put my website out there and told people about it, I didn't even do that. My sister had to come into my room. I had the Facebook status ready to go <laughs> and I was going to press submit or publish or whatever it says, share. And um, I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. And I walked away. And when I walked back in, she'd gone and done it for me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what the heck? And so on, I, I totally get that, like that fear of just, but what if people don't enjoy it or what if this fails? But who cares? Like, just do it. If you've got a passion for it, everybody has the opportunity and the platform. And yeah, I think it just comes down to, um, if you've got one person that's following you, one, one person that's interested in what you're saying, you've got influence. So just how are you using that basically? Um, so that's kind of what I would say to somebody who wants to do blogging, digital marketing, very similar in the sense of just start, but I think to change it slightly would be, um, maybe never stop 
learning. Um, don't feel like you have it all, you know, figured out. I mean, it's, it's great to, to want to be like that, but I think for me, a massive learning point has been, you know, yes, I know more than what some people know and that's great, but I also have to be looking up to other people who know more than me and learning continuously from them. So always be willing to like grow upskill, all that kind of stuff as well. I think that's super important um, because we often just put ourselves in a box and limit ourselves to what we're comfortable with. And I think being comfortable is great, but it doesn't get you very far. So stop settling and limiting yourself for that um, and just start kind of really believing in your potential. I think, yeah, as I said before, like my huge passion is just seeing people light up when they talk about their dreams. Like you can hear it in their voice. You can see it in their eyes. That lights me up inside because I'm just like, heck yes, you're passionate about this and I can fully see it and I want to cheer you on. So when I, when I hear when like people have dreams about things, like I just want to, I'm just in their corner backing them 100% because you like that fear of failing is so real. And that fear of the unknown is so real. But if you're letting that hold you back from actually starting and trying, you're actually doing yourself a huge disservice because you know, God's placed this massive passion in your heart for a reason. And whatever that might look like, you know, it might not seem like marketing is something that I could be doing to glorify God, but you know, I'm, I'm helping churches get their names out there. I'm, I'm even just making connections with people and stuff. And so there's so many different avenues that we can be just not even, yeah, just, just, I don't know. There's just so many things I could say about this, but I think, yeah, blogging (laughs) start and digital marketing, like don't limit yourself. Don't settle for, yeah. Like that scarcity factor. Just know that you can completely kill it at whatever you want. Just keep striving for that. So I don't know. I feel like I'm just preaching to myself here now, (laughs) but yeah. It's a good word, Jess. It's a good word. (laughs) I love that. Well, be, what was it? Being comfortable, being comfortable is great, but it doesn't get you very far. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, hey, just I think that's an awesome place to finish it. So, just um, one more time, where can people find you online to see what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, with my, if you're interested in my blog, Smile Without Reason, um, that's my handle on Instagram and Facebook, um, and then I've got my blog, my website as well. Um, and then if you're interested in my business side of things, JES Solution Marketing um, is my handles and my web. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. That was our interview with Jess Shipton. Um, once again, all the links for her uh, social media marketing company, uh, JES Solutions, as well as Smile Without a Reason blog are going to all be in the show notes for you to check out if you are a church or a company. Um, that would like to use her services, uh, I, I recommend her. I'd rate her. She comes highly recommended from me um, and Josh. So whatever that, whatever that's worth to you, um, I just really enjoyed this conversation with her. It's so great to have people like her who are switched on in the church space who are not only um, passionate participants in helping getting the message of Jesus out there, but are also uh, really competent, really skilled, uh, hungry to learn more, hungry to improve, and willing to share some of that knowledge with plebs such as you and me. Anyway, uh, with all that said, we are done here. Uh, I just want to quickly plug for the rest of you guys. If you haven't already subscribed to Burn the Haystack, please go ahead and subscribe. We'd really appreciate if you did on whatever podcatching app uh, that you use, whether it be iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and whatever else is out there. There's a bunch out there. One, One of my favorites and the one that I use the most is Pocket Casts. I love Pocket Casts. I find it a lot more clean than uh than apple itunes uh apple podcasts Uh, but you know whatever works for you works for you and if you have not already um we'd also really appreciate it if you would write us a review or just give us a rating on whatever podcasting app you're using it helps podcasts get out there helps support what we're doing and it helps more and more people to be able to hear about the awesome interviews and the other stuff that josh and i get to do But for everything Burn the Haystack, of of course, you can just go to burnthehaystack.org where you'll find links to everything that you need, the blogs, the episode links, where you can listen, a little bit more about us and uh, everything in between. Uh, And finally, uh, one last thing, it's, uh, I'll I'll be honest with you guys, um, uh, plugging stuff isn't really my, isn't really my favorite thing in the world. I know that it has to be done, but for what it's worth, I know I'm not a salesman, so... 
I wouldn't blame you if you if you tuned out when the the plug starts to happen. But seriously, um, the Facebook group, it's the Facebook community group, um, Burn the Haystack community. It's a group that we've started with the real intention of being able to connect with you guys on a more personal level. Groups just level the playing field. Whereas on a page, you know, we're sharing links and we're sharing photos and, you know, all the sort of stuff that you expect on a page is kind of a bit corporate, you know, to be honest. But on a group, I can reply, you can reply, Josh can reply, and we can all just have a great time together. And groups, they're just so much more personal and uh, Facebook is really putting a lot into groups and they have a five-year goal of getting all their users into a group actively participating it's a great place to be um, so if you would like to join the Facebook group all you have to do is just search for burn the haystack and find the burn the haystack community group on uh, Facebook click to join answer the secret password poppy Gloria and you'll be able to get in no questions asked apart from the question to get you in but no more questions after that. Um, so anyway, guys, head over there. Um, it's a beautiful place for us to just share our questions. Uh, it's a beautiful place for us to be able to just, yeah, be community. So without any further ado, that is Josh and Jesse out. Thank <laughs> you.